Well, 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 welcome to the Purple Stuff Podcast, starring Jay from the Sexy Armpit and Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. Matt, they've released the movies for the 13 Nights of Halloween, which is an ABC family celebration of Halloween where they show horror movies and things like that. Right. I know this. The weird thing about it is that I was looking at the lineup and there's so many movies that don't seem to fit in at all into a Halloween marathon. Like what? They go through the Harry Potter movies, which I understand you could probably fit in somehow. No, I don't. I, I mean, it's like I get that it's intellectually appropriate, but no, no. I mean, no, I agree, you know. And then they got some movies like that you would expect, like Adam's Family, and I know what you did last summer and things like that. But then out of the blue, on night number four, they have the Hunger Games. Oh, come the fuck on. Exactly. Like Hunger Games, how does that? I mean, like, hell, I love looking at. Wait a minute. Is this really. Is this is this really part of that lineup? Are you sure you're reading this correct? And get this. So on night five, Matilda. Matilda. I've never seen it, but I don't I know. I have, and I, I can confirm that Matilda is an absolute Halloween classic. <laughs> I mean, I can't... I, I, there's just no possible explanation for putting Matilda in this marathon. If you want to go even further, right... Night 13, possibly the most important night of the entire thing. Saturday night, October 31st, Halloween. Batman and Batman Returns. Huh. <laughs> it's, it's less grievous an offense as Matilda. but Absolutely, because it's Batman. But still, it just doesn't make sense. I would not put that in my Halloween marathon. Yeah, I mean it's 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 off target, but I mean I would let them fit that in just because they have to fill in so many slots. The other ones you mentioned, no. Yeah, and they definitely shouldn't be putting the Batman movies on Halloween. Like, put the other movies on then. Exactly. Like, if you're gonna use your firepower, you got to use it on the actual big day itself. Right. Especially because Batman Returns is like a Christmas movie. It's a Christmas movie, totally. The only thing Halloween-y about both of those films is that there's people in costumes. That's it. Oh, it, it doesn't sound like uh, Shocktober to me. Oh, Shockto- Shocktober. On New York's movie station. WPIX. So, yeah, when we grew up, we were spoiled with WPIX Shocktober. Yep. Yeah, what was Shocktober, man? Okay, so Shocktober was this sort of month-long horror marathon on WPIX, which... If you didn't have it, it was sort of like the earlier version of the WB network. It was very low level. It wasn't like an ABC or an NBC, but everyone had it, even if they didn't have cable. They would spend the entire month playing like just endless horror movies, endless, all freaking night long. And they would scrape so far down the bottom of the barrel. Like you would see stuff that you would never even heard of. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, so good. I think the best part about Shocktober was the fact that in the background you would get those promos for what's coming up, you know, right. and you would you would hear, oh, you know, tonight uh, on New York's movie station, and they would say the gate, you know, and right, right, 
the promos were unbelievably scary and they would use all the craziest parts from the movies it was the best horror marathon i've ever seen on any channel anytime anywhere this thing started when we were kids so you'd be watching like a cartoon rerun and all of a sudden it'd be like coming tonight it's the wraith for a lot of us this was really our first exposure to these movies we'll be seeing you on channel 11 a New York's movie station. So what would you do if you had the ability to set up your own Shocktober marathon? What would you uh, put in it? Well, first of all, and this is something that Shocktober taught me and then was reaffirmed because, you know, I've worked in TV promos a little bit right. in the last 10 years. More so than even just the movies, it's the packaging. Shocktober, if they just ran those movies and they didn't have those creepy promos, mm -hmm. it wouldn't be the same. So I would make sure that my marathon had the same weird voice of god creepy announcer leading into and out of every movie oh yeah you know and like there's like old 1995 computer game graphic style dungeon walls spinning around and like yeah shit like that so oh, maybe yeah. that if you do stuff like that you can get away with running matilda and batman <laughs> returns i don't think you can <laughs> matilda <laughs> i just have to like confirm that matilda is the the movie that i think it is i mean it just seems so oh my god it is the movie that i think it is it's, it it's seems... the girl the, the mrs downfire yeah. girl it seems so comical that they would actually show this as and try to pass it off as a halloween film but you know it would be great if some like really cool guy at abc cuts a promo with this movie and tries to position it as a horror movie <laughs> <laughs> like do like a slow-mo head turn on Matilda where she looks like she's possessed. Lower the pitch on all their voices. <laughs> right, right. Once upon a time, there was a girl named Matilda. Hi, Dad. What would you do if you had the ability to create your own horror movie marathon a la Shocktober? I guess I would probably start it with like a real Ghostbusters marathon. Hmm. There's so many good episodes of real Ghostbusters to choose from, too. Right, and it's like one of those rare 80s cartoons that everyone still seems to love. Everyone we know would get up early on Halloween to watch the real Ghostbusters. There's some legitimately scary episodes of that show. Yeah, they got away with a lot, all things considered, from the, the ghost designs to the themes they dealt with. Like, mm -hmm. There are times in that show where they're clearly saying hell or satan and this and that i mean they're yeah. using they're using cartoon terms but that's what they're implying yeah so when you're eight years old and you're watching this stuff you're like wow this is a lot heavier than garfield and friends Who you gonna call? so how about you what's one of the things you would do with a all-day halloween television marathon you bring up real ghostbusters and I would like to throw in a cartoon of my own. I would say Jem has a really good Halloween episode. It's called Trick or Tech Rat. And I would just throw that in somehow just to shoehorn it in because it's so amazing. They try to restore this old opera house and then all kinds of weird stuff starts to happen. And, and there's a couple of Halloween songs that they sing. So <laughs> I got to throw that in. <laughs> oh, big surprise. You throw Jem into something. This could have been a podcast about Easter, about automobiles. You still would have figured out a way. Oh, man, there was an episode of Jem. I got to throw it into Jem. Yeah.
some point in the marathon, I would like to have four or five episodes of Tales from the Dark Side. Oh, yeah. It's one of your favorite shows. Yeah. And right now it's on Chiller. I don't know if you've ever watched Chiller. Mm-hmm. You know, the channel gets a lot of criticism for not having a lot of really good stuff. And I'll, I'll admit that their reruns of like Fear Factor get irritating. Mm-hmm. But they have Tales from the Dark Side, and they'll put like six or seven episodes on in a row, and it's so awesome. Sometime after the show, you have to give me your top five Tales from the Dark Side episodes. That way I can marathon them myself. Well, can I tell you one of mine? Oh, go for it. Okay. I'm going to spoil it, because who cares? You would guess the ending in two minutes anyway. Okay. The title of the episode is Anniversary Dinner, mm-hmm. and it's a story about these, like, this older couple celebrating their, I guess, 50-year anniversary. Mm-hmm. And making a long story short, they sort of adopt this teenage girl off the street. And I say teenage even though she's clearly, like, 37. <laughs> so there's a lot of, like, kind of weird stuff going on in their house. Like, there's big wooden spoons on the wall and whatnot. And uh, the people that this girl are staying with are always referencing their old children and how they miss the children. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So you see where this is going. Oh, right, right. Yeah. At the end of the show, at the end of the episode, they let her use the hot tub. They drug her with loaded wine. And it turns out that the hot tub is like a crock pot. So the mother starts putting carrots in and they're preparing to eat her. That's the old bit, because they even did that in the Tales from the Dark Side movie when Blondie was going to cook that kid. And who's cooking people to eat really like that's that is kind of weird the thing that makes it so eerie is that they're not doing it with any sort of malice or like there's no black magic there's no weirdness they're actually just doing it because they like the taste so they're very nice to this girl they never once treat her badly it's just that when the time comes and they want to have their special 50 year anniversary dinner they cook her and eat her and you said that she was really super old, so I assume it was uh, Gabrielle Carteris from 90210. It was Gabrielle Carteris from 90210. It was? That's, that's how she got... No, it wasn't. Oh, <laughs> you had me going there for a minute. Uh, I just assumed that she played every super old teenager. <laughs> no, no. I mean, if she was in that show, I would already have like a tattoo of the episode on my arm. <laughs> I was a big... She was my favorite on IO2 and all. Well, wait a second. The, she you, absolutely you, was. First, you revealed in another episode that Feruza Balk was your favorite, and now Gabrielle Carteris. Like, we, we got to have a running list with you now. What's wrong with Feruza or Gabrielle? Oh, nothing. I just... I think... Sometimes I think... Intelligent, basic- talented, <laughs> dark-haired ravens. That's what I go for. <laughs> Sometimes I think you're just making them up. No, I'm serious. I th- I thought Andrea was the best character in that show. I mean, at least until like season eight when they completely ruined her. But I have nothing to say about this. <laughs> you, know, you know, that's probably for the best. Yeah, yeah. If, if you let me, we'll go 40 more minutes on Gabrielle Cortez. <laughs> okay, my next pick is... Boogity, 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 boogity. <laughs> I had to get that in there. Mr. Boogity from the Disney Channel. Do you remember that? Wait, wait, wait. Can you do it again? Boogity, 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 boo. <laughs> One more time. Boogity, 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 boo. I don't think I can get enough of that. <laughs> I loved Mr. Boogity as a kid and actually just had it on recently and, and you were over. I was. I remember seeing that. Yeah. And uh, Christy Swanson was in it. Mm-hmm. who was one of my favorite girls of all time in the movies. 
and John Aston, who played Gomez from the Adams family. Right. And there's some crazy stuff. He's like shooting lasers from his eyes and all kinds of weird stuff. And that it's one of the movies where when I was like a little kid, I was actually scared of it. When you watch it now, it's like a complete farce. I don't know. It's corny as hell, but it's still creepy. It is something that a lot of people haven't seen. And it's finally available now, which for like, I would say maybe 15 years almost. I've had this stupid bootleg, which was like terrible quality. But now we've caught up to technology and I could just like go on iTunes and download it officially from Disney. And, you know, the picture quality is fantastic so i love that we can actually get some of these specials now uh like officially not on bootleg i mean i'll say this though sometimes the improved quality works for it and sometimes it works against it i think in the case of mr boogity it was really meant to be watched in like grainy four by three you want to hide the bad effects and accentuate the creepiness you don't want to see like strings on screen or boom mics falling into frame like Wait, did you say had... boom or boogity, boogity, boogity? <laughs> <laughs> I, I guarantee that I did not say boogity, boogity, boogity. It's spirited family fun, Mr. Boogity. I move. What else is up your sleeve? Okay, up my sleeve. Uh, you know, my picks are a little on the nose tonight, I admit, but going to just follow my heart and say Garfield's Halloween Adventure needs to be on there. Garfield's Halloween Adventure is, I mean, it is considered a classic. If you're our age, yes. I have my reservations about it. Uh, man, I don't know if we're going to be able to do this podcast anymore. I know, you're a big Garfield fan. Made in 1985, I just was talking about this today. For its time, it was as revered, probably even more, than the Charlie Brown special. Ooh, that's a bold statement. It's not a bold statement. It's the truth. Like, I remember what it was like to be in grade school when that, sh- that special was on. We loved Charlie Brown, but we knew it was old and dated. The mm-hmm. Garfield special felt like new and hip. Yeah. I know. It's, I mean, it's, it's hard to say that Garfield was hip, but back then he was. He was. He was all, like, sarcastic, and he was always cranky, and had to, he had the funny one-liners. I mean, I'm with you on that. It's just that there were so many songs in it, and, like, it just didn't make sense to me. That he had to go and like sing all these Lou Rawls songs. Yeah, I think there were two songs, and they were about twenty seconds each. But I mean, if that bothers you, I, I that's okay. <laughs> the, the songs didn't seem Halloweeny to me. That's what it was like. Right, I know there was one about Halloween costumes and another one about uh, trick or treating. <laughs> so I could see how you think they missed the mark on those. Just the tone of them. It's like if you're listening to a Halloween playlist. And those songs come on, you're like, uh, you know, it, the party's kind of dead. Both are on my Halloween jukebox, and they've received nothing but compliments. <laughs> I, I don't know. I like the special. And I think the ghosts, the animated ghosts in that are actually really creepy. You will see a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff online, reviews saying that it is one of the more scary specials, like for kids back then. Back then, there was there was one part I can't remember exactly how it went, but I know it had something to do with an old man. Oh there my was a God, part yeah. in that special that really like jumped out at you and kind of it was like a large Marge moment almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you watch it now, you wouldn't even know what to be scared of. But back then, nineteen eighty five, we were what six five. Yeah, and then, yeah, the old man sitting in the chair was real creepy. But then even the ghosts, like they did a whole, it was like a tribute almost to the fog, you know, where like. 
the ship comes out of the water and the ghosts come out. It's great. It's a night of spooky surprises. Oh, Halloween. For America's favorite bat cat. Don't bat your eyes. Garfield's Halloween adventure will have you shaking in your boots Monday. My next pick for Shocktober will be an episode of the new Twilight Zone. Well, it's not the new Twilight Zone, but in 1985, it was the new Twilight Zone. Right. And do you remember this? The, it was like the revamp of the Twilight Zone? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I didn't watch it often, but I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I didn't either. But the one episode that I did see when I was a kid, and actually some of my friends watched as well, was called Shadow Man. And we, I remember going into school the next day and everybody was so like freaked out about this because it was almost like a Nightmare on Elm Street type situation where uh, this kid who was played by the nerdy kid in the original run of Charles in Charge, the kid who wore like the Admiral Akbar masks and stuff. Mm, I loved him. Yeah, he was awesome. So it's that kid and he would fall asleep at night and then he'd be visited by this shadowy figure called Shadow Man. And he would uh, pretty much haunt kids' dreams. There, it's a fantastic story, right? And it was directed by Joe Dante. Oh, really? Yeah. And there's oh, tons. God. Yeah, there's tons of cool Halloween masks, and it's got this really creepy vibe to it. And it, it is actually till this day, it's still kind of unnerving, even for adults. I would say it holds up really well, and it's, I believe it's on YouTube. If anybody wants to seek it out. I want to seek it out. That's what I'm going to do tonight. Seek that shit out. I am absolutely going to seek that shit out. Good pick. Right and, on. You know, the thing with these anthology series is that you, you always hear about them, but it's very hard to dive in because, like you said with Tales on the Dark Side, you could pick the wrong episode very easily. So mm-hmm. I love it when somebody tells me their favorite and I know where to start. So exactly. thank you. Thank you for that. You've made up for the whole Garfield's Halloween adventure mishap. <laughs> All right, so my last animated pick is going to be Disney's Legend of Sleepy Hollow. I love it. Like, I know for a while it's kind of hokey, but towards the end it gets pretty severe. Am I, am I misremembering that, or am I right? No, it, it is absolutely fantastic. There's a lot of scary scenes, especially when you're a kid. The animation's fantastic. The, you know, the voice work, the music, everything is awesome, and I love that pick. Yeah, and to this day, it's still my favorite interpretation of the headless horseman and that includes christopher walken yeah you love uh, the tim burton version i do too but that original animated version from disney is so good yeah i mean it looks like you mentioned in one of our previous shows those old cardboard halloween wall decorations yeah i feel like the horseman looked like that yes you know what i mean he, like he just had the perfect design it's like the quintessential headless horseman for me right so i'm gonna work that in mostly so i have a chance to see it again I went to heaven in a jamboree They break it up with English glee Ghosts are bad, but the one that's cursed Is the headless horseman, he's the worst That's why he's a bad on We're at the point in the marathon where we should probably start thinking about real movies and not like old TV shows and cartoons. Yeah, you're right. We really got to get to the main event type. Yeah. Stuff. yeah. Well, let's let's assume from this point on we're in the main event, prime time, evening hours. Yeah. 
what are you going to put on this this part of the marathon oh god this is there's a lot of pressure right now there is because like if you miss if you miss here the whole thing tanks right i'm going with abbott and costello meet frankenstein because okay. it is it makes me in the mood for halloween it's just it's got everything it's funny it's creepy it's scary it's got that kind of you know, a great uh, mixture of characters. You got Dracula, Frankenstein, you know, yeah, you got Wolfman. Yeah. Abbott and Costello. It's fantastic. I love it. Right. And I think that's one of the, the rare old horror movies. That's almost like the Bible and that nobody could say anything bad about it without getting crucified. Yeah. It's like everyone just loves that movie. And even people who don't know better than to say otherwise. It manages, even though it's funny, it still manages to be pretty creepy. Like when they're going to Dracula's castle and things like that, it, it's really, they, it was well done. Right. I think people have, you know, if you haven't seen it, you might have the misinterpretation that it's sort of spoofy. And it is, but the visuals and the creep factor are absolutely on par with a Universal Monsters movie. If you watch this movie, you could totally see them doing some sort of dopey remake with, like, Kevin James and, you know, somebody else in it. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> Even Kevin, though I don't, not that I want it to happen, but you could see them doing that. Oh, uh, I don't, I'm actually kind of surprised that it hasn't happened. Yeah. That's a good call and a good pick. Count Dracula must return to his coffin before sunrise, where he lies helpless during the day. That's the bunk. That's what I'm trying to tell you. That's his bunk. Let's go with Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, Dream Warriors. Oh, yes. Obviously, if you, I mean, you know me. That's my favorite Elm Street movie, one of my favorite horror movies, one of my favorite movies, period. Absolutely adore the cast in that movie. Feel that Freddy Krueger had never been a bigger deal than he was in that movie. It was the pinnacle of Nightmare on Elm Street in every way. There, there was a few scenes in that movie that literally scared the shit out of me. And I would watch them over and over because I loved getting scared. So the scene where uh, the one kid is in the hospital bed, Freddie comes over to the edge of the bed, and then he kind of gets bigger. And, and yep. grow- yeah, that scene, and then then he's hanging him out the window with the veins. Oh, God, yeah, the classic the, moment. Yeah, th- that, whole, that whole scene. And then when... Even before that, when like little Freddy comes and cuts the uh, the strings, I mean, right, oh, right. God, that whole thing was just freaked me out so much. For me, it was the nurse who turns into Freddy. I mean, there's nothing about the nurse that scared me. <laughs> no, no, but that's the thing because, like, you know, you're eight years old and you're by by most measures watching your first sex scene. Yeah, you know, probably you haven't seen many by that point, so you're like, oh wow, what's what's going on screen? Yeah. And all of a sudden, she, their tongues are connected, and she's morphing into Freddy. What's wrong, Joey? Feeling tongue-tied? <laughs> the next movie that I want to show is a classic ghost story, and it's called Lady in White. Lady in White. <laughs> They really should do that. It's a great. That should have been the theme song to this. It's a 1988 ghost story, and it was made in upstate New York. It starred the kid, was it Lucas Haas? Do you know him? Personally. Yes. Yeah, he was was in a lot of stuff. He was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, you would probably know him from, uh, you know. Was he he in uh, 
something. That, uh, the Ryan, movie. The uh, the Ryan White story. That's what back then he was popular for that. Uh, no, not with me. But okay, moving on. Lucas okay. Haas was in the movie. Mars Attacks. Yeah. Okay, so Lucas Haas and Catherine Hellmond, who played Mona. Oh, Mona. Yeah. Oh, it, you didn't tell me Mona was yeah. in the movie. Mona. Oh, man, now we're talking. Yes. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah. Go. Lady in white, huh? Yeah, so she's... Lady in white, Mona. Yeah. Oh, man. She's What's totally she's scary Catherine? in this, too. Catherine Hellman's. Hellman. Hel- <laughs> Catherine Hellman's, yes. yes. Oh, oh, ooh. Oh, my. She's... She's creepy, She's, right? she's not Mona in this movie. Oh, I mean, she'll make you moan, but she's she'll not moan. moan. Yeah. What has she got, like, used paper towels in her hair? Or toilet paper or something. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Yeah, she looks freaky. They really put some age on her. Yeah, very, very creepy movie. And this, the kid gets locked in the coat closet in a, in a school when it's closed. And, like, when I was a kid, that might have been the worst scenario ever because I was claustrophobic, still am. And I'm just, like would never want to be in that situation so what is like this mona ghost haunt the school he gets haunted by her but it's i can't uh i can't give reveal too much because it would spoil it i just suggest everyone should watch it this halloween just last question is this a tv movie no it was an actual film that some movies such as lady in white and like movies like a christmas story weren't films that a lot of people want to see in the theaters and they just bombed so you would hear from a friend and he'd give you a VHS of, oh, hey, this, this movie's pretty scary. You know, so that's how I found out about Lady in White. One of my friends gave me a tape that he recorded off like oh, that's so cool. somebody else's videotape. Yeah. Oh, I love that. It just makes it creepier. It does. And, and us watching it, we put it on like we had no idea what to expect because we had never seen a commercial for it. And all we knew is that it was supposed to be real scary. And then we all watched it one night. And then, of course, you know. It was it was one of the most frightening things when I was a kid. It looks pretty frightening. Yeah. So is this like a a popular movie that people know about now? It has a small cult of fans, I would say. Yeah, I think that cult's about to grow because I'm all in on Ghost Mona. <laughs> Ghost Mona. Ghost Mona. <laughs> a very special movie. Lady in White. You have another movie, Matt? I do, and it's a boring pick, but you kind of have to put it in there, the first Halloween. Oh, well, it's not boring. It's one of the best movies of all time. No, I'm, it's, of course, it's not, it's not a boring movie. It's a boring pick, because obviously you would put Halloween in a Halloween marathon, but at the same time, I'm not going to leave it out just to be clever. You have to have that movie in October. You know how they show a Christmas story for 24 hours? Halloween should be showed, shown for 24 hours. God, that's a really good idea. I don't, I'm wondering, yeah. it's like, <laughs> God, like that would be a huge deal. Yeah, let's do it. I don't know. Well, I'm surprised that no real network, you know, not us on a podcast, have given this thought. Yeah, I mean, what channels would would do it? I mean, but like a maybe t- like maybe AMC? like a AMC or like a does, is Spike still around? Oh God, I don't know. I'm not even yeah. sure. But yeah. something like that, I mean, you can yeah. totally see it. I could see that. You're telling me you wouldn't throw that channel on, just leave it on as a sign of respect? Mm. That'd be oh, so that's, awesome. That's such yeah. a good idea. Mm. 
I'm going to go with Fright Night. Fright Night is one of my favorite horror movies to watch during the Halloween season. Mm-hmm. It incorporates, obviously, vampires. And then you have you have the whole horror host type thing where Roddy McDowell plays like the, the vampire hunter. You know, and yep. I, I like that whole aspect of it. It holds up so well that there are some really, I, I'm not going to say scary, but there's some really creepy scenes in that. Yeah. And plus it has William Braxdale from Herman's, Herman's Head. Herman's Head, great show. Yep. He was like the poor man Zach Galligan, but that's still pretty rich. And then, of course, you had uh, the neighbor from Married with Children. Marcy. Yeah, Marcy. <laughs> Fright Night. If you love being scared, it'll be the night of your life. Rated R. Sneak preview Friday night. Check newspapers for theaters. Uh, I'll go with Friday 13th Part 6. Oh, man. When I was a kid, that was like my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> well, Alice Cooper. Yeah, Alice Cooper. And the fact that it was supernatural jason and it was like a whole frankenstein story at the beginning where they resurrect him right for people who don't follow the series too closely part six is where jason really became more than a man <laughs> like from he wasn't in part five but he was in obviously in parts two three and four and in parts two three and four he has he's durable but he's still a human in part six he's basically this undead zombie unstoppable killer and that vibe would carry through through the rest of the series and still today a lot of people don't like supernatural jason i like him but i only liked him in six <laughs> well i mean i'll tell you the truth it's far from my favorite friday the 13th movie i'm mm -hmm. just thinking it's the most mtv of them oh yeah and it's like it's got a certain energy that's fun for halloween right so and I'm not picking it because it's my favorite Friday the 13th. I'm picking it because it's the perfect one to watch on Halloween. Friday the 13th, part six. Jason lives. Starts August 1st at a famous players and other theaters near you. Check local listings. How about you? Have anything else? I do, of course. Save the best for last, which is Trick or Treat from 1986. Oh, yes. You mentioned this on a previous podcast. I'll keep uh, promoting that film until people jump on board. Let me see if I can remember your description. He uh, is Rock's chosen god who comes back from the dead to do stuff. <laughs> close. Rock's chosen warrior, but you're close. <laughs> Trick or Treat, rated R. Starts Friday, October 24th at theaters everywhere. So I think after that, we'd be in like the after midnight hours and for me i would just run random creature features like ghoulies 2 and critters basically anything with a killer puppet Ooh, killer puppet that can mean a lot of different things you know then you got then you got that uh annabelle <laughs> that's not a puppet that, <laughs> no that's not that's a puppet a and it's, it's it's uh way too recent i'm thinking like yeah. 80s schlock anything that, that's like a green little alien or Something slimy that eats people. Yeah. I want all of those movies on over the course of the, the middle of the night. Oh, I like that. Yeah. That's really cool. What about the Willies? That's a good one. Yeah. And I'm really digging the fact that the Willies seems to be picking up steam online lately. I know. It had like no one knew about it for like twenty years. <laughs> yeah. It's like if I see the D V D of the Willies on Twitter one more time, I'm gonna complain. <laughs> complain. You have to lobby a complaint. 
How about you? What would you put on in the middle of the night? Like, you know, when you're drowsy, when you're sitting there at the sack of candy on your stomach, okay. when you're not really prepared to pay attention, but you still want something on. Do you remember when when we were kids and there was shows like sort of like Friday night videos and like then things on like MTV that would just go throughout the night where there'd be like a VJ and they would throw to different types of programming They'll throw in a music video, but then they'll do some like live stuff and maybe an interview and just random programming. I might get like a horror host to do like an old school broadcast like that throughout the night. So you would have like an Elvira type throwing to these things. Yeah, throwing to those things and uh, maybe throw a couple of like music videos like Thriller or anything that's like semi scary, you know? What was that Kiss video you showed me and Bill? Oh, God. That was. I love it loud. Oh my god, that was the freakiest thing I've ever seen. But yeah, I think that would that would be actually very cool if you had an overnight thing where you were showing all these old music videos that had some creepiness to them. Yeah, definitely. I want to show all that stuff, and then I would I would end my entire broadcast with the Rankin Bass Blair Witch Two uh, special. I didn't. I wasn't aware that this existed. It is. It, it, it was a special uh, Rankin Bass. They came back together to make a cartoon of Blair Witch 2. You're kidding. No, I'm serious. Why? Because it's the greatest movie of all time. <laughs> oh, you're you're lying to me. You're you're, you're lying. I'm, I'm sitting di- here I'm sitting here typing Blair Witch 2 Rankin Bass. <laughs> I'm embellishing. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. So so you're going to go out with a whimper. But I think I think the marathon was pretty good overall. Sounds like we got like 55 movies, 17 cartoons, 200 music videos, and a non-existent TV special. <laughs> this is going to be number one. Who the hell wouldn't want to watch this? Hey, it's going to be better than the 13 Nights of Halloween with Matilda. Oh, man. Imagine if we got beat by Matilda. <laughs> New York's movie station. Maybe it isn't a dream at all. No, it's not. Maybe it's real. This has been the Purple Stuff Podcast. I'm Jay from thesexyarmpit.com. And I'm Matt from dinosaurdracula.com. And we will talk to you next time. Why do we always sit here in silence after you say that? I just, because I don't know how, I feel like we got to have a different way to wrap it up. I feel like it's a little bit like. A little dry? Yeah, like I want to spice it up, but I just don't know like what we're going to, how we're going to wrap it up. You, you could know? always uh, do a little callback to Boogity Boogity Boo. Okay, yeah, that's a good idea. All right, give us one more Boogity Boogity Boo. Boogity Boogity Boo! Thanks for listening to the Purple Stuff Podcast. The podcast has concluded. Now go out and buy some Frankenberry cereal.